you're a kid and you would like to go to Kid Zone, now is the time. So thankful for our Kid Zone volunteers. Thank you, Kent, for that. I am uh, supposed to be doing a series in Proverbs, and I uh, kicked this series off a couple weeks ago, and I tell you, I love the Proverbs. I, actually, I just absolutely um, love how practical they are and how, how they meet us in, in life. But, but we're doing an annual meeting today, and we're talking about what we've done and what the Lord has done, like where we've been, where we're going. And I really think it's appropriate that I stop and talk about why we do what we do. As much as I'd like to talk about the what, I think we have to stop and talk about the why. So I can count the times on one hand that I have not preached what I said I was going to preach in my, I don't know how long I've been in the ministry, but I think 18 years, something like that. So I always stay on schedule. If I have a schedule, man, don't get in the way. Like, I, I keep the schedule. But we're not doing that today. We're going off, we're going off the schedule today. And I'm going to talk to you from 1 Corinthians chapter 1. So if you have your Bible with you and you want to open it with me, we're going to talk about our why from 1 Corinthians Chapter 1, why we do what we do. And obviously, a lot of you have the why and really understand the why. You know how I know that? Well, one of the ways I know that, that's really obvious, is we have not passed an offering plate in two and a half years. You realize that? I was thinking about that the other day, and I thought, we have not passed a plate in two and a half years. And, now at first, at first we were all online, Straight up, you know, for, I don't remember how long, 12 weeks or something, we were only online, and we spent a lot of time talking about how to give. Because <laughs> nobody knew how to give online, at least very few of us, some of us have made the transition, but not, not everybody knew how to do that, or mail checks in, or whatever we did. But pro probably for a year, Brendan and I have got out of the habit of even reminding you how to give online. We're like, if you want to give, go ahead and try to figure it out. We're not even going to tell you how. That's not good leadership on our part, but that's like just to speak so highly of how you understand the why. And I know that because you're giving. We haven't passed the plate in two and a half years, and our offerings have continued to go up. And we don't even talk about it. It's, a, it's amazing. And I, I'm just, yeah, thank you. Here's the other thing. It's been two and a half years since we shut everything down. Everything came to a bloody, grinding, scary halt. And now, our children's programs, we're fully staffed. Everything is rolling. I, I was looking through the bulletin last week, and I saw the list of Kids Hope volunteers. Hey, hey, look at me. These are at-risk people going into elementary schools. You know why? Because they understand the why. Kid Zone is rolling. Hawana had a great year. And it takes a lot of volunteers to run Kid Zone. 
It takes a lot of volunteers to run Awana. It takes a lot of volunteers to run Kids Hope. It takes a lot of volunteers to run the programs that we run. But they're up and running because you got the why. And, and our church is starting to grow. You know, next week, well, not next week. It's next week for me because next week doesn't count because I'll be on the missions trip. But in like more than that, on the 22nd, we're going to do some baptisms. And that, that's because you guys aren't just content to sit by yourself. You've been inviting your friends because you've been helped by this. And so you want to bring other people along with you. So this is, this is like, I'm not telling you something you don't know this morning. I'm reminding you of something that you already have down deep inside you. And I really want to just remind you of that and encourage you in it. For those of you that get it and are doing it and are volunteering and are giving and are serving, I just want to say to you, well done and thank you and I want to encourage you to keep going. And for those of you who are new and are like, I, for the life of me, I'm thankful. Maybe I'm thankful that people give. Maybe I'm thankful that people serve. Maybe I'm thankful that people invite their friends. But mostly I just don't understand it. And I'm a little skeptical of it. Well, this is for you too. This is for us just to like hold our cards up and say, this is why we do what we do. And what you do with that is between you and the Lord. But this is why we do what we do. I want to talk about this, like I say, from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 1. Before I do that, I need to pray. Dear Heavenly Father, um, stand in front of me while I'm in front of them. And Lord, talk over me while I talk to them. Make your why clear to everyone here. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So here we are, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 1. Paul called. Why don't you say that with me? And if you're, if you're watching online, if you'd type that, if you'd type the word called into the in the live stream chat, that would be awesome. So Paul, say it with me, called. Paul, called. That's going to be an important word. You'll see it three times in these three verses. Paul, called by the will of God. Well, I guess so. If you know the story from Acts, you know Paul hated Christianity. He hated followers of Jesus. He thought it was a cancer in Judaism that had to be removed. He hated Christianity. He was persecuted Christianity. But the resurrected Lord Jesus met him and turned his life around and gave him a formerly. Gave him a before and an after. Gave him a was. Like, that's what I was. That's not what I am. Paul called by the will of God, to be something different that I never thought I would be, to be an apostle of Christ Jesus and our brother Sosthenes. I don't know if you remember, I was looking back at when we did Acts, we did Acts in 
um, 2020. 2020 was quite a year, wasn't it? Seemed like it lasted two or three years. Uh, but we did Acts because we wanted to stay on mission. We met Sosthenes in Acts chapter 18, verse 7. He was the head of the synagogue in Corinth, and he was beaten to a bloody pulp at Paul's trial. And so it looks like, it looks like, it could be a different Sosthenes, but it looks like he has joined, he has joined the apostle and been converted. And Paul is saying, hey, he's still with me, just so you know, after he'd been beaten to a bloody pulp. Paul called by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus and our brother Sosthenes to the church of God that is in Corinth. So Corinth, I tried to put it on the map up there. You can see it's a port city. You know port cities are where sailors come with lots of money and no family ties. Corinth was the kind of church as you read about. There's a lot of Corinth in the church. Corinth was kind of a tabloid church. All the stuff that you want to hide your kids' eyes from when you're going through the grocery aisles and there's the tabloids right there, you can probably think of what I'm talking about. That was all in the church of Corinth. We actually read about that stuff in the letter. Some of the stuff in the letter you go, okay, I don't know if that's kid appropriate. Here's the first thing that Paul says to this church. Here's what you guys need to know. I'm pausing for a long time so that you pay attention and like wake back up like, is he, is he talking to me? <laughs> yes, I'm talking to you. Here's the thing that the church, this is, Paul says, look, of all the things that I could say to you, tabloid church, this is, this is the most important thing. This is the thing that you have to know. He tells them, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus, says, here's the thing that you have to know the most. That you are sanctified in Christ Jesus. My guess is that you don't use the word sanctified all the time. <laughs> um, like that's not part of your everyday language when you're talking about the kids, talking about <clears throat> sanctifying them to this or sanctifying them to that. I don't think, I don't think that's what we talk about. But I, I think this picture is the best picture I can draw of what it means to be sanctified. So as we, I'll, I'll use other illustrations in a moment. Just, just hang with me for a second. So as we, this is us outside of Christ, guilty of sin, far from God, rebelling against God. But as we die with Christ, are buried with Christ, and are raised with Christ, we are then in Christ Jesus. That's what it means to be sanctified in Christ Jesus. The picture here is baptism. We see this in Romans chapter 6, verses 1. Well, really the whole chapter, Romans chapter 6, but 1 through 3 especially in Romans chapter 6. So being sanctified means being set apart to Christ Jesus. So a, a, a way to think about this is when you get married, you get sanctified to your spouse. You have a special relationship with your spouse that you don't have with anyone else. When you join the military, you get sanctified to the military. The military has a special relationship with you 
that no one else has. Right? The military owns you. This is what Paul's saying. You guys are in Corinth. It's a raging mess. A boiling, insipid mess. And the church is pretty messy because there's a lot of Corinth in the church. And Paul says, here's the first thing you need to know. That you belong to Christ. Everything else, all the behaviors that need to change, they all have to flow out of that. That you belong to Christ. So the next thing he says to them, uh, I don't know, you, if you notice the squiggles up there, that is Greek. It is the verbal form of the word like set apart or to be holy. It's translated sanctified here. Here's the noun form. Called, oh, before we read the noun form, we've got to say that again. So why don't you say called with me again. Ready? Called. And if you're watching on the live stream, if you could type that in the comments on the live stream, that'd be fantastic. Called. To be saints. What's he want them to know? He wants them to be what they, he wants them to know what they already are. They already are, it's like they're married to Jesus. They're sanctified to him. That's what it means to be the bride of Christ. Like they have a special relationship with Jesus. They are sanctified to him. It's like they join the army and he owns them. It's that they're set apart to Christ. So he says, you are sanctified. This is what is true of you. So what this means is that you're called to live it out, to be saints or to be holy. Saints here just means sanctified. We could, we could say sanctified. So sometimes people think that to be a saint, you have to be like super Christian. So I don't know who you think of when you think of super Christian. Hopefully... Hopefully, you think of just an everyday person. Because saint is everyone that is in Christ. If you are in Christ, you are a saint. If you have called on the name of the Lord to be your Savior, if you have said, Lord, I am yours. Please save me. Please forgive me. Take my life. I'm yours, then you are a saint. You may not be very good at being a saint, but you are one. Called to be saints, called to live out what it means to be in Christ. Together, so, is Christianity a solo sport? No. Together. Notice all the together language in here. Notice that saints is plural. Called to be saints. He's talking about all y'all. Called to be saints together with all those who in every place call upon the name of the Lord. Call upon the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Both their Lord and ours. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Here's our why. We do what we do because we get to be part of God calling sinners 
to be saints. God giving people a before and after picture. God giving people, uh, I know what I was, and that's not what I am. God giving people hope. God giving people a better future. God changing people's lives for good forever. That's why we do what we do. That's our why, that God calls sinners to be saints. This is played out for us a little bit more clearly in, uh, later on in the letter as Paul continues to write. So he writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? And so he's in the middle of an, of an argument here, and, and he just reminds them that, look, I mean, you guys know that if, if you are committed to sin, and if you are enslaved to sin, if you're headed towards doing things wrong, then you're not in. You're out. You're not going to heaven. You're not part of the family. You're guilty. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Like, stop deceiving yourself. Don't be deceived. Watch this. He says, neither the sexually immoral. You guys know what sexual immorality is? A lot of that in Corinth. A lot of that here in Allegan. Nor idolaters, that's where you worship stuff other than God. A lot of that in Corinth. A lot of that here in Allegan. Nor adulterers, you know what that is? A lot of that in Corinth. A lot of that here in Allegan. Nor men who practice homosexuality. So the ESV footnote is even more specific than the translation that you see up there. A lot of that in Corinth. A lot of that in Allegan. Nor thieves. You know what it is to be a thief? A lot of that in Corinth. A lot of that in Allegan. Nor the greedy. A lot of that in Corinth. A lot of that in Allegan. Nor the drunkards. Yep, we know what that is. That was there. That's here. No revilers. Like slanders, like people that say all kinds of angry, mean things. Like social media in general. Think of it like that way, maybe. Nor swindlers. Will inherit the kingdom of God. He's like, look, don't, don't trick yourself. There are people who are out. There are people who are not in. There are people who are not going to heaven. Then he says this. But... And such were some of you. That is such a gospel word. Such were some of you. That was your before. That's what you were, but that's not what you are. That was your past tense, but you have a different present tense. Such were some of you, but you were washed. Washed is there is like 
a picture. The, it's what baptism pictures, that your sins were washed away. You were covered with sin dirt. You were on the outside, but that's not what you are. That's what you were. You have a past tense. You have a before picture. But you were washed. You were sanctified. There's that same word. He's like, you were on the outside. Now you're on the inside. You have a before and after picture. You were justified. It's, God made it just as though you had never sinned. You're not what you were, and you're not guilty of the stuff that you did. Because he has justified you as you've called on the name of the Lord. This is, this is what, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. So look, this is why we make disciples who make disciples. This is why we show up and do church and exalt the Lord and know the Lord and grow to be like the Lord. This is why we do what we do, because God is still calling sinners to be saints. God is still giving people a before and an after. This is what this is about. It's saying you were guilty and sinful, covered in sin guilt, the kind that had to be kept out, but now you have been washed clean and you're welcomed in. He's saying you were on the outside, you were banished, you were a long way from God, but now you have been sanctified and you have been set apart to God and God has brought you in and made you one of his kids. He's saying you were guilty. You were guilty as sin because you sinned. You, were, you deserved condemnation and hell, but because of Jesus and his work and his life, if you've called on the name of the Lord, he has justified you and made it just as though you had never sinned. God, by his grace, this is, chapter, this is chapter 1, verse 3, grace to you. Those first three words in verse 3 really sum up the gospel message. Grace to you. And the next, and the next idea sums up the result of the gospel and peace from our God and Father. The gospel comes from grace and results in peace. And this is why we do what we do. So, so what should we do? Well, here's where I'd start. I'd start in verse, verse 2 here. To the church of God that is in Corinth, those sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, with those who in every place, here it is, Call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours. Here's the first thing I'd say is call on the name of the Lord to be saved. Call on his name. And just know, when you're calling on the name of the Lord, you're not negotiating terms with the Lord. You're not saying, you can be my Lord if I still get to be kind to Lord. You're saying, 
be my Lord. You are king and I am not. You are Lord and I am not. That's kind of implied in the name Lord. Call on the name of the Lord. And stop, if, if you're trying to negotiate terms of the Lord, just know it's not going to work. If, if you're trying to figure out how you can still have your way, but kind of add Jesus to it, so life is a little better, that's not going to work. That's going to be really frustrating. Call on the name of the Lord. Call on the name of the Lord. Bow to him. Surrender to him. You know why? Because he wants to wash you clean. He wants to sanctify you. He wants to bring you in and make you one of his kids. He wants to justify you and make it just as though you'd never sinned. Call on the name of the Lord. And this is why we care so much and work so hard at making disciples because it's learning how to live under the lordship of Jesus. Because we've received his grace. So, first, the first thing we we do from this text is we call on the name of the Lord. Second is learn to be what we already are in Christ. So it, it's fascinating to me that this is a tabloid church with all kinds of tabloid problems. And the first thing that Paul says to them is, You are God's. You are Set apart to God. You are God's kids. You are sanctified. That's the first thing he says. You are holy. It's the first thing he says to them. Are they acting like it? No. They are really not acting like it. But it's true of them because of God's grace. Here's the best analogy I can think of. Just like, okay, so I'm going to start, start with sanctified and then to come back to sanctified at the end. Just like you're just as saved as you're ever going to be on day one, when you call on the name of the Lord Jesus and give your life to him and he saves you, you're as saved as you're going to be on day one as you are at day 10,000. But you're not very good at it yet. You've got to learn how to do it still, Okay? In the same way as when you get married, the day you get married, you are just as married as you're going to be on day 10,000. But you're not very good at it yet. (laughs) Your souls haven't really intertwined like they will at day 10,000, hopefully. Hopefully, you grow closer and closer and closer Listen, hopefully you learn to live out the reality that is already true of you. You're already married. Hopefully in that marriage you learn to live out that truth more and more and more and more every day as you become more and more one. Hopefully you get better at being married the longer you're married. Just like hopefully because you're sanctified you get better at following Jesus. That doesn't make you more sanctified. You're as sanctified as you're ever going to be because you're already in Christ Jesus. You'll just learn how to live a more holy life. You'll get better at living set apart to God. Kind of like joining the military. 
when you join the military, as far as I understand it, I'm not a military guy, but I called one to make sure I wasn't going to sound stupid. <laughs> Any more stupid than I normally sound, I guess. But I called, I said, no, this is, I'm getting this right, right? Like when you take the oath and you're in, they own you. And they own you just as much after you take that oath and you get sworn in, they own you just as much as they will on day 10,000. If you're in for 10,000 days. Yep. Now, hopefully you'll get better at it. Hopefully you'll get better and better. Hopefully you'll get more and more useful to our country than you are on day one. But the military owns you the same way. Like, so in the same way, sanctification is like that. You are in Christ. He has called you his own. He has said, you are mine. You're my kid. I am claiming you. You're in. You are part of me. You are set apart to me. And when you call on the name of the Lord and you receive that, you're in. So now you've got to learn how to live out what is already true of you. This is what we do as a church. We help each other live out what is already true of us. This is why the Apostle Paul is writing to a church, to the church of God that is in Corinth. Learn how to live a sanctified life together as church people like look you guys need to be together so that you learn how to live out your before and after picture together together is part of the process that's why number three is you're called to be saints together so that's in verse two to the church of God that is in Corinth, those sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints together with all those in every place who call upon the name of the Lord Jesus, both their Lord and ours. It kind of hits on, hints at the controversy that's coming in the book is there's a lot of disunity in the book. I was thinking about how glad I am that we get to do church together just so glad. Can you imagine trying to do a wanna by yourself? <laughs> Watch this. <laughs> I can be everywhere at once, right? I mean, being a one-man band is a kind of a cool trick, but can you imagine leading worship by yourself? like running up to the live stream, then over to the slides, and then down to the soundboard, and then from one instrument to the next. I mean, can you imagine that? We need each other. We need each other. I need you, you need me. The body is made for each other. Like, this is, this is the idea that we can do more and do better together. And we somehow, God thought it was a good idea that the church would be the center of where his before and after project would take place. This is where we learn how to be saints. This is where sinners learn how to live out what it means that they have been washed, that they've been sanctified, that they've been justified. This is where we learn how to do it. 
I don't know where this meets you. But you can have a before and after. You can. I don't know how dirty, how burdened, how guilty you feel, but you can have a before and after. You can be washed, you can be sanctified, you can be justified. So call upon the name of the Lord. Learn to be what you already are in Christ and do this together. Do this together. And look, this is why we give. This is why I give. I give out of obedience to the Lord, but I also give because I believe in this stuff. I believe in people having a before and after. I believe the Lord uses the church to change people's lives and change people's eternities. Like I, I believe that. I serve because I believe serving is part of the process. It's part of the process that God uses to make sinners saints. I really believe that serving is good for the people that serve and it's good for the people that are served. That God is glorified by all of it. And I, I invite people to church because churches help me and I believe it can help them. God still calls sinners to be saints. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you. I thank you for the possibility of change. And I thank you that it's not just possible, that you call us to it. And your call is strong. And you get what you want. And so, Lord, I pray that you would keep calling us, keep pulling us towards yourself. Lord, that you would you give us a before and an after. Lord, that you would wash, sanctify, and justify us. Lord, I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.